0: Welcome to Different from the Other Kids, a weekly podcast for parents of challenging children with your host, Angela Sunes, author of the Amazon best-selling book Different from the Other Kids. Each week, Angela interviews an individual or professional within the mental health community. Jackie Tyas in the house. Thanks very much for joining us, this is Angela uh, at Different From The Other Kids. We are joined again by Jackie Tyas who is going to walk us through, if you can imagine, um, elect-
1: electroconvulsive therapy, known yes. as ECT, but what people know as shock therapy.
0: Thank you. Okay, so we went through last time, Jackie, you had uh, talked to us about what may have facilitated you needing to seek out some of these services or them being recommended to you. So let's start with, you went through your last treatment, which was called?
1: Repetitive transcranial Magnetic Therapy, which is known as RTMS. The
0: RTMS, I have to remember it. So you go through RTMS, which is basically less like invasive. A, a less invasive form of ECT, mm-hmm. which is basically a, a tapping mechanism that didn't work for you. You did 20 sessions, uh, 50 minutes a session, five times a week. For four weeks. For four weeks, and it didn't didn't seem to do anything. So then they recommended an ECT to you. So if you could describe to us, Jackie, if you wouldn't mind what ECT is, because it's
1: not what everybody thinks it is in our day and age anymore. And I felt exactly the same way, which is why I did the RTMS first, because I was afraid to have electroconvulsive therapy, Mm -hmm. even though the doctor explained it thoroughly, explained all the side effects. I still carried that thought that, you know, what we know as shock therapy from, you know, the 40s and up, where, first of all, they didn't know enough about it. It was being done without anesthetic. And that is not what electroconvulsive therapy is. It is not a lobotomy, which a lot of people think it is. So I had a real fear and and, and, and of the memory loss. I was terrified of having memory loss. My... Uh, cognition and my ability to learn on ongoing for professional and personal reasons is really important to me as a person. And if I was to lose that, that really, really scared me. Yeah.
0: So anyways... Jackie, at the heart of who she is, is actually an academic. She
1: researches and
0: searches and researches some more. So she's actually... Uh, yeah, that, would, that wouldn't that be good for you.
1: <laughs> no. And um, so I met with... Again, I met with a, a psychiatrist at the clinic and went through my whole psychiatric history and my psychiatrist that, that I see weekly had uh, referred me for refractory depression which just means that despite conventional methods of antidepressants and anti-anxiety and psychotherapy I was not getting relief and that my depression after a year and a half was, was actually it was getting worse and I did have a suicide attempt and it was at that point that she recommended it so during the session the psychiatrist did say that the electrocompulsive therapy nowadays is the gold standard for uh working with people that have severe life-threatening depression
0: okay so you go through is it the same kind of workup as the last session so they go through and they make sure they do a physical workup as well as a mental workup uh, they're in constant contact with your psychiatrist. So you start treatment, and what does that look like? Is it different? Is it set up differently? I assume it is.
1: Um, actually, yes. It is a little bit different process because... So there's a caseworker as well who meets with you every week to talk about your symptoms, hmm. to see the progression. But the psychiatrist, once you've decided that you're going to do the ECT, if, and they, it's not something they push, they it's your call, you're in charge. They do a bit of a cognitive assessment to see cognitively, Mm -hmm. because obviously with depression, you have distractibility, Mm -hmm. a bit of memory loss. You're not functioning the same way as you normally would. And that's to gauge after the ECT, where you're at after it, Mm -hmm. right? To get a better idea of what improvement, if there were improvements, right? But you also then, you have blood work done, all the follow-up, same follow-up you would if you, and your heart checked if you were having a surgery and given an anesthetic. So once that's all cleared and done, ECT you would do three times a week because you can't, you know, having anesthetic three times a week is a big thing.
0: Mm, what kind of anesthetic are they giving you? Is it like, uh, are they, are you put right out?
1: Yes, you are. Uh, you're only out for like less than five minutes. Um... So you go into the clinic. That your dates are scheduled. Generally, uh, depending on the level of your depression and severity, it had been determined I would do 18 sessions to be the most effective. That is the maximum amount. Uh, a lot of people respond really quickly after about six. So you go in, you meet with the nurse who you just give your name at the reception, they take your uh blood work, all that stuff and and you have already met with the anesthesiologist who's going to give you the injection so, so he knows you so you go into what is regular looks like to, you know a hospital setting when you go in the the operating room a little bit smaller if
0: I can interrupt, I'm just trying to place myself in where you are so are you this is a are you at c m h at this point in a in a specialized clinic, is that correct?
1: That's right. I'm in a specialized clinic. Um, I'm at the ECT clinic. And you go into a room, which is like an operating room. It is it is not part of the other part of the hospital. And it's a regular hospital bed. And you lie down. And basically, they give you the injection. You're asleep in no time. And the whole purpose of it is is to... They give you, uh, they want to induce a seizure. Okay. So sometimes it would take a minute to do that, but sometimes it could take up to five minutes to induce that seizure. They don't know exactly why, but it's inducing the seizure, seizure in that certain part of the brain. It's almost like it gives it a jump start. Mm. So if, say something has, your car breaks down, and they put those cables on to start your car, mm-hmm. same type of thing. Okay. I don't know if that analogy is, but it's like it's going to restart your brain mm-hmm. to whatever's become defective to just give it a charge. So it's kind of recalibrating. Okay, so are you hooked up to the same kind of,
0: uh, is it the same kind of system or do you even know? Do they do they do that when you're under?
1: They do that when you're under. I, you have no awareness. Um, it's not uncommon for people during their treatment to not really have much memory uh, of it. Of it um i that was not the case for me but it is not uncommon to really remember much about it
0: okay so you go through your first session and you wake up and what do you feel like
1: i really just was a little bit confused when i woke up but within five minutes i was able to you know gather my thoughts i didn't feel like i had been under heavy sedation and for a half hour they like to keep you i Always negotiated leaving after fifteen minutes because I was always, I was very alert, but it was a negotiation. Uh, but with the nurse and you have to have obviously someone pick you up. And then I went home. I was quite tired that evening and did sleep, but that was more the anesthetic than anything else. I didn't really, you know, I, I didn't have any headaches or any jaw aches or anything like that. Just a little bit woozy from the anesthetic. Okay. Did you have
0: any of the flashbacks that you? spoken to us about before after this initial treatment
1: no and i should also um, let you know that there's two types of ect there's unilateral and bilateral unilateral is one side of the brain and less invasive in the sense that if you're going going to have temporary memory loss unilateral is less likely to 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 have that um side effect so most people opt for unilateral first. Mm-hmm. And and if it's effective, they will just continue the sessions. But after five or six sessions, if you're not getting any response, then they'll switch to what's called bilateral, which is both sides and is mo- can be more effective, but there can be a lot more temporary memory loss and confusion. Okay.
0: Okay, so you're supposed to go through 20 of these treatments. And... Uh, how did you feel after the first
1: week? I really, I, I mean, other than the physical part of having anesthetic, I didn't notice any change. Okay. Okay.
0: So then you go into, cause how many of these sessions did you end up having altogether? I ended up having seven. Seven. Okay. So th- th- after the first week, you're not noticing any change of any kind. So then you enter into the second week. What made you stop at seven?
1: Well, um, when I met with the doctor, and you know she said, "Well, you know, I'd like to try bilateral because obviously you're not getting a response uh and i which I agreed to I mean I was desperate to relieve my symptoms the first the first uh bilateral treatment, I felt a little it took me a little a little bit longer, like say from five minutes, maybe ten fifteen to get my bearings right Mm -hmm. and and kind of be more cognitively aware. I was a little bit confused. I didn't know where I was, but within 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I knew where I was. So that was really the only thing that I noticed the first session. But then the second bilateral session, I will, I went home. I had a major trauma response, which I was so terrified. I couldn't remember anything. I was scared. I just felt so, probably the most unsafe i felt in my life. Oh, wow.
0: And... And this, sorry, so this is, this is immediately after? So are you feeling this while you're sitting in the hospital, like, getting rid of the anesthetic and stuff? This was at home later.
1: This was at home. This was, like, uh, you know, four or five hours later. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was terrified. And I... And I didn't feel any less depressed. Uh Um, So I thought, I'm going, I was seeing my psychiatrist that morning, next morning. And I mean, I was in tears because I was so scared. And we talked about it. And I did, I said to her, I can't do this. I said, if this is the, you know, the temporary memory loss I can live with, Mm -hmm. I can't do this. She assured me this was not, this was not the average side effect. And she agreed with me because of my post-traumatic stress. And part of therapy is that safety for me is key, mm-hmm. and that yes, do do not continue with it. Um, CAMH was really great. They they uh, consulted with her and they talked about it, and it was stopped.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So at that point, I would assume that you go back into your psychiatrist, and you resisted. You're resistive to the what is traditionally known as the treatment that is the end of the road for somebody that doesn't get that doesn't that they're that you're not responding to regular uh, treatment, and now you're not responding to an, essentially a I don't know what do you call it a second tier treatment, third tier treatment. It's a it's a completely different treatment. So you go back into your psychiatrist and with the conversation like,
1: "What's wrong with me?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're asking, yeah, yeah, and. Um, I mean, I have a wonderful therapeutic relationship, and my doctor is very knowledgeable. Um, and what she explained to me is that these things can be very effective, but when there's complex trauma issues, and I've had extensive and it, it losses and um, abuses, and sometimes it is just about managing symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I got what she meant then. Because when I first met with her, she said, I'm going to help you manage your symptoms. And I didn't really know what she meant. I thought she just meant I was going to get better and go into remission and whatever. Okay. But that's not what she meant. She meant, I'm going to help you make your flashbacks. Uh, You know, we're going to find ways to make your flashbacks. Less. Less, maybe not as long. Ground Mm -hmm. Get you easier to ground. Uh, When you feel like killing yourself. You know, you're going to call me, and you're going to, you know. And then I got it. That there is, even though it can be very successful, these treatments, because they are, but they're more based on an organic level.
0: Mm. Explain that if you don't mind, uh, what the difference is between what you're talking about. What is organic as
1: opposed to another? Okay, so people with major depression that don't have PTSD, say, a part of your brain has been, the signal is either... Been disrupted, or there's been some damage to your brain, not necessarily from a head injury or anything like that, that has actually changed the way the brain if There's a disconnect, and so the way you would think if you didn't have major depression, somewhere along the line, something the message is going wrong, and obviously it's very complex, but that's an organic physical reason the brain is. It, physically doing that but the difference between and and most psychiatrists do say that all depressions are organic but when you have PTSD the difference would be that because of exhaustion of dealing with flashbacks because of exhaustion of dealing with feelings of terror Mm -hmm. exhaustion of overstimulation and hyperarousal Hyperarousal meaning? Hyperarousal meaning that you're waiting at any, you're in a fight or flight, and you're waiting at any moment for something really bad to happen. Mm-hmm. That's exhausting, mm-hmm. and it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. That is a reactive depression, which is very different, right? Because you are rea- reacting to what, which, which is a totally normal reaction, mm-hmm. as is. PTSD it's a reaction to what the brain cannot handle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Thank you for describing that to me because I've never I know
0: I know the difference between what is organic and what may not be organic as far as depression is concerned, but to have it explained that well is really important. so thank you. So now you're trying to manage your symptoms. And now there's a treatment program for that. Now you're trying to figure out what treatment might look like under the guise of just managing instead of trying to find uh, a different kind of therapy. But What you're describing to me is what your next step is. Is really a very positive one, too. So tell us what uh, your next step is, because we're going to have Jackie was kind enough. Her generosity is beyond belief with her sharing. Anyway, I can't say enough about it, but she's about to go into a group of sorts to help manage some of the symptomology so if you would not mind just give us an introduction into what you're doing next
1: okay well um one of the things i also started to do is i i I see my psychiatrist twice a week okay uh i have a very good safe relationship with her and seeing her twice a week provides me with some relief of symptoms Mm -hmm. temporarily But she referred me to a, after my suicide attempt, to a program at St. Michael's Hospital. And it is a research study, but it allows you to get free treatment. And it's a suicide prevention intervention group. It's a therapeutic group run by a doctor. And and, And you are assessed by the doctor prior to going into the group. it's a very full assessment. And the whole purpose of the research and the group, the research is to find out what happens to a person before they actually end their life and to get you to recognize what's happening prior to that and use techniques to get you grounded or distracted or strategies because people will still do it but to get a better understanding of what is going on before suicide happens.
0: Mm-hmm. My big thing with suicide is a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, there didn't seem to be a lot of build up to it or, you know, nobody spoke about it before or whatever, but one thing that I know is that can happen in a moment. And if you're in a really bad moment and you don't have a toolbox, then that's when that can happen. So they want to talk to you about toolboxes. They're actually not even going to walk you through You're in a group setting, but they're not going to walk you through everyone's trauma, are they?
1: No, you're not there to share horror stories. Because that, to me, would re-traumatize me and Mm -hmm. probably the other people. And it is facilitated by a doctor. It is a way of coping with suicidal thoughts. Some people may self-harm, like cut, Mm -hmm. as opposed to attempting suicide. But you're going to talk about your feelings what that feeling looks like. Recognize the feeling prior that you had prior to a suicide attempt. Become more aware of what that feeling is. So you, there's ways of grounding yourself. It, it, it all, anything and everything that you could think of to get you through that moment. And I, it, because clearly. The people that are going into the group have had more than one attempt. They're really suffering. And uh, someone that is really suicidal and suffering, you may not notice at all. Mm -hmm. Because it's all inward. And they become totally within themselves. You don't see that deep pain. No. And you can't gauge it. You absolutely cannot. And you know, people always say when someone says, "Oh, I feel like killing myself," that that is, you know, that you know, it's attention seeking. Mm-hmm. If any mention of that, it's not attention seeking. It's about getting rid of pain that's so overwhelming that no medication or no, and there are, you know, and the reality is, a lot, a lot of people are dealing with things that just cannot be fixed, that are horrible, mm-hmm. that people couldn't even imagine. Mm-hmm. So. In that, in that moment, it seems like the viable option. Um, so it is about, but sorry, I've gone off on the tangents. No, that's okay. but, but what I was going to say is that someone that is really committed to suicide, and I'm speaking from experience, and what I've known with dealing with clients that have been suicidal, they've made that decision well before they actually do it. Mm-hmm. They say it's kind of like, well, you know what? It's not always impulsive. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is. Okay. And if there's substance involved, that's generally it can be very impulsive because of the altered state, right? But a good majority of people have been feeling that there is no way of, of ridding themselves of this horrible pain and whatever created it, whether it's their mental health, whatever it's from, or whether it's situational. They're not telling anybody because they want to be successful in doing it.
0: Wow, okay. they're
1: not presenting at the they're not presenting at the hospital. Right. Like so it,
0: so what they so this whole idea is that you have this impulse or you have this thought and it's to trigger yourself to recognize it and to be able to say, Okay, how do I combat it in the moment
1: just like with ptsd symptoms it instead of the, i'm having a flashback and i'm using my grounding techniques or no i feel like killing myself and i'm and, and i need to ground myself or learn what precipitates that that well before i get to that point to that point, point. okay because there will have been feelings, and mm-hmm. they will be the same feelings that I got. So it's about recognizing feelings that you don't even recognize, or ways that you feel.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and this is, uh, where is, this is at St. Michael's, so this is in the hospital, I'm assuming, and how long is this uh, program?
1: It's The program runs for five and a half months, so it's a very intense program. How oh, many times a week? Twice a week, for an hour and a half. Wow. So and you can do the program as much and as many times as you need. Wow. That's amazing. And how
0: long has they have they been doing this study? A couple of years now. Okay. Okay, that's wonderful, Jackie. I can't I don't even I can't even express how important this is uh for everyone to hear. I can't express how grateful I am that you would come forward with it. I can't tell you uh how brave I think you are for sharing it because there's so few people that would be able to you're in the field. Uh, you are a, a trained a social worker. You've been dealing with a lot of different stuff for a lot of years, and then you've been dealing with other people's stuff for a lot of years. You're a resident um, a resident mental health warrior. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for coming forward. This is really important information for anybody. This might be within the realm of something that they may choose to or have to do one day to keep themselves well. So thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Listen to Jackie another time. She's going to come back. I'm so grateful. She's going to come back and actually talk to us about uh, the program that she's about to enter into. And we will take it up at that point. But meanwhile, thank you so much, Jack. And guys, we will see you. uh, And we won't see you, actually. But you'll hear me again soon should you choose to thanks very much for tuning in we are going to sit down it's Jackie's birthday tomorrow happy birthday Jack thank you thank you thank <laughs> we're, you we're just about to sit down and have some uh, have a Thai food little celebratory dinner and then more than that next week I get a whole day and night with Jack and going up north with her and, yay, yeah, we yay, get to get, yay. Caught up. <laughs> get caught up in a, in a different way we right. get caught up like this <laughs> and, uh, a really ridiculous dinner or something we don't actually get a conversation (laughs) like ourselves (laughs) anyway so thanks very much guys and uh we'll catch you next time and now a disclaimer in general i angela Soonis, am not a doctor and i certainly don't play one on the internet i'm a parent period the advice from me presented on different from the other kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional if you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate healthcare provider.